Sam, welcome. Um, thank you for coming. Thank you very much for having me, gents. Yeah, much appreciated. Nice, nice one, Sam. <laughs> so, um, so Sam, um, before we start talking about where you are today, tell us a, a bit about yourself, about your past. And... Um, so, yeah. So, um, I'm from Luton originally. Well, still am. Um, Lutonian born and bred. Um, grew up uh, in and around my family and their business. Um, spent every sort of summer from when I was probably about seven uh, with my dad or with my granddad, um, you know, shadowing them, learning the tools of the trade as to what they were doing at the time. Um, family had a, a haulage business um, originally up until 2005. Um, and my old man was a mechanic again up until 2005. Um, in 2005, they transitioned, well, family business went across the property. So, um, yeah, started to learn the, the tools of the trade around that really. Um, What's your what's your main trade? So I'm I'm a builder mainly by trade right, okay, now, okay. and that sort of originated from going growing up around property, and I was always getting various trades in, various people involved in the business to, you know, do this project, do that project, and I sat there and thought one day, why on earth are we paying all these other people to come in and do this? Why don't I just start yeah. to do my own thing and uh, build it up from there? So that was that was where my sort of journey into to building and construction started um, and where I sort of really discovered my, my passion and my love for it from there um, but I, I did absolutely all sorts in the lead up to that um, you know really tried every sort of different business venture and career path going um, you know I was, I was a bailiff for a little while I was a football agent for a bit I've worked in bars I've worked in clubs um, I've done security um, travelled like all, uh, all across the world into various different countries and places um, before I finally sort of decided right it's time to be an adult and grow up and mm -hmm. settle into a career and actually build your future up um, so and for, and for anyone that don't know how old are you uh, so, so I'm, I'm 27 no. as much as I look about 45 <laughs> nah, <laughs> so it's a beard. I'm still baby faced beneath the beard <laughs> um, but yeah so 27 years old so I've, uh, I've lived a, a fair fair old life colourful life so my, far uh, my tender age, yeah. Well, when did you grow the beard? Uh, so, 2020, I um, when lockdown hit, I started a um, job or a contract with the NHS. So, I was part of their COVID response team for mental health patients. Um, and when we started that, they turned around and said, right, you've got to shave the beard off. And at that point, I only had like sort of short, stubbly beard. Mm. So, I had to go completely clean shaven for the contract. And that finished in the October of 2020. And I was like, all right, never shaving again. <laughs> That's yeah, it. Done, the beard done. is growing in its full wonder. No, it's, it's epic, mate. It's and epic. Uh, yeah, I've been growing that out ever since. And, and, and he's born Sam the Beards. So like, that's yeah, how I know yeah. I don't even know your surname, Sam. That's Alan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Sam the Beard. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> better, isn't it? It, it? it works well. And uh, yeah, so that's that's when that started growing. And I literally have an occasional sort of trim up of the sides to stop me looking <laughs> a bit wild. So, yeah. so, so you were okay. brought up in Luton? Did in you? Luton, yeah. yeah. And what was that like growing up? Um... Luton's an interesting town. It's it's very diverse and, mm. you know, people only see it for the wrong reasons. You know, stuff like um, the Muslims against the EDL, you know, mm. it being named as the worst town in the UK, the various sort of terrorism backgrounds that have originated out of Luton. Mm -hmm. um, but as a town on a whole, I love it. You know, it's... It's where all my family, there's, there's something like four or five 
maybe more than that, probably about six generations of my family have been brought oh, up. Oh, in Luton. Wow, wow. Um, there's me saying five. There's, well, there's only just ended five generations of family still yeah, alive. Yeah, um, mm. So we've we've generational sort of Lutoners. And mm. um, it's it's done me well. It's done my family well. It's it's made me very open to, you know, different diversities, cultures, races and religions. Um, mm. I've grown up with, you know, Muslim friends, um, with Pakistani friends, African nice. friends, yeah. you know, Middle Eastern friends, you, you name it. And everybody was in the schools together. So it's made me very open to the world and very inquisitive to the world. Um, and for all of the bad press that Luton gets as a whole, it's not that bad of a place. I'm more than happy bringing my daughters up in Luton. It's got its issues, but mm. as a whole, the, the town sticks together. They look after each other. Nice. And it's very up and coming town, you know. Mm. All being well tomorrow night, they, uh, they 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 beat Sunderland and we go up into the Premier League, you know. <laughs> but we'll wait and see what tomorrow brings. As well, yeah. yeah, you've got to support your own town, and <laughs> yeah. But as a whole, it's it's done me good. I've got no complaints. You know, I want to see the town thrive. I want to see it grow. And part of my bigger sort of plan is is to make Luton a better place for for my daughters for when they're growing up, and then eventually their kids. Um, how, how do you how do you plan to do that? So as as a business on the family business side, we've always worked very closely with the town as a whole. We've always tried to support charities and community, and you know try and. We, we've created ourselves as a bit of a, a centre of pride of the, the town centre. Brilliant. The town centre's run down a lot at the minute. There's a lot of issues within the town centre itself. Mm -hmm. um, but we've tried to pride ourselves and show that, you know, it can be a centre for business. It's just outside of London. You know, London is growing and expanding out. And Luton, with its transport links and its heritage and its, its community and its diversity, can be a fantastic place to bring up your business you know and your family and it can be a huge place for growth and development um so we've we've always supported the town in trying to do that um my dad was actually um part of the the community side of um the town for a good long time and he got redevelopment in two key areas of luton um in the dallow business partnership and then in an area called berry park um and at the time that was a huge thing because when he went into berry park and helped with the redevelopment of that Berry Park was a, a very um, Asian orientated area mm. and all of a sudden you had a white businessman coming in and saying right you know this can be a fantastic place for a community and for business and all the rest of it let's invest some money let's bring it up you know let's really turn it around mm. and that again just sort of helped my my love for Luton because that community that was 10-12 years ago I can still walk into Berry Park now and they're all still like, Sam, same. how you doing? You're all right. Oh, Lovely yeah. to see you. How's the family? It's, it's showing me that real community love that Luton has that a lot of people don't see. Mm -hmm. um, and now with the, the development of the football club and the, the fact of the stadium going into the town centre, there's, there's huge opportunities for development in Luton. Um, and we're trying to do everything we can to sort of help and support that and show people that Give back. you know it's it's a town that is worthwhile investing your time and your effort into. Oh, I yeah. love that, mate. I yeah. love that. You know what I mean? Like doing the best you can for your town. You know, rather than just yeah like, trying to move out or like you know yeah yeah like just doing do giving back to the community. Yeah, essentially, exactly. I'm quite proud of where I live. To be fair, in Enfield, I've lived in Enfield my whole life, so. Like if I can do things for the community as well, then, you know, I'm well up for doing stuff like that. And I think it's really important that, you know, as you go on that journey of 
you know, hopefully doing well for yourself, that you find ways to give back to people in, in all different aspects, you know, yeah. whether it's your, your local town or for people in particular, you know, whatever that is. So that's oh, really... 100%. And th there's such an agenda pushed out now that in order to succeed in life and make something of yourself, you need to move out your hometown and disappear off and discover yourself. Yeah, and yeah. it's a myth. You can discover yourself. You can still see the world and do whatever you want and still stay in your hometown, still, yeah. still help it to get to where it can be and then to discover its potential and that. Mm. Um, so no, that's that's a bit about what what we're trying to do with, with sort of Luton as a whole nice, at the minute. Nice, yeah. mate, really nice. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, about the mental health uh, advocate. So can you yeah, so, a bit more? So, I mean, I've been on my own mental health battles anyway, and um, I'll, I'll go into that in a minute. Okay. Um, but so my sort of, Discovery effectively of what mental health was started when I did this NHS contract and we were working over in Ealing, um, supporting the hospital there. Um, we were working with sort of four or five hospitals around the area, um, you know, some which I can't name names of, but they were, you, you're criminally mentally ill, um, down mm. to your, you know, your standard people who are coming in with, you know, depressions, anxieties, food disorders and things like that. So that gave me sort of a real broad understanding of mental health as a whole. Okay. You know, I saw lots of different things. I saw people that you would never have anticipated had the mental health issues that they did um, to be really seriously unwell. So that started sort of opening my eyes up to things anyway. Um, and then post completion of that, get into, um, trying to get my timescales right now, finish contract, get into 2021, get around to the summer and I discovered I had a four month old daughter that I didn't know about. Oh, wow. um, so in discovering that I did the typical thing and I was like, right, you know, Sam, time to man up, time to be an adult, like pull yourself together. How are you going to deal with this? Um, and started trying to be a dad, started trying to be involved with my daughter and that at the time, me and my partner, Leah, um, we were expecting a child of our own. So it, it threw a massive sort wow, of that's massive, spanner man. in the works. And, yeah. you know, she she was amazing, really understanding about it, but it, it put tension on our relationship, yeah. it put tension on our future. And How, how did you find out? Uh, believe it or not, so my granddad had just died um, Sorry, and we were sat around in the garden having a few beers, like a few mates had popped around to see me and all the rest of it. And um, one of my mates turned around and went, um, you know, Sam, like, something I need to tell you, mate. And I was like, what are you going on about? And he was like, I think you've got a kid. And I was like, no, what? And he was like, no, no, generally, like, I, th I think you've got a kid. Like, look. And my, my daughter's mum had put a post up on social media announcing that at the time, she, like, my daughter was four months old at the time, that she'd had a kid, you know, previously, a few months back. And she wanted to introduce her to the world. So I sort of, contacted my daughter's mum and was like uh you know what's going on is there something you need to tell me here like yeah or have i been left out the loop and um yeah just discovered i had a daughter wow, that is massive, yeah it was a it was a, a, a hell of a, it's, oh, it's a massive blessing, blessing it's, it's a shock um but yeah that that then led on to some real sort of turbulent times um okay and you know at that time i've i've, I've done a few bits on this now um but I was a victim of like some real serious domestic abuse from my, my eldest daughter's mum. And it spiraled my mental health down anyway at this point. Um, to the point where I, I like I was being cut off from friends, I wasn't speaking to anybody, and I'm a really social person. You know, I've got my network, I've got my family, and I'm really, really close with them. And my daughter's 
my oldest daughter's mum was sort of driving a stake between me and everybody, mm-hmm. spreading a lot of rumours, a lot of lies. Um, and then with the, the domestic abuse that she was showing towards me as well, it, it spun me into a really, really bad place. What, what, what was a, What's an example of the domestic abuse that you so, might have? So d- domestic abuse forms into to sort of five categories. So you've got um, physical, mental, emotional, um, sexual, and then financial. Um, so it'd be things like she 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 had other children. So she turned around to me just before Christmas, sort of five or six days before, and went, oh, I can't get the kids anything for Christmas. You need to give me some money, otherwise they're going without, and I'll have to tell them Santa's not real. Um, you know, it's <laughs> stupid shit yeah, like that. Yeah. Down to things like turning around, and, and she created a fake phone and set it up and said it was me and was messaging herself, like, between the two phones, and putting things like, oh, I should have kicked you down the stairs, I should have made you abort a baby, and all Mate. this sort of shit. Then sending it to my mum, saying, look what Sam's look. telling me, look what Sam's showing me. Um, and then down to, like, the physical abuse. Like, she'd launch stuff at me, she'd throw stuff at me, she'd call me every name under the sun. She she was, uh, so it's called coercive control. Um, and it's, it's a form of manipulating you into believing that you're doing wrong, and then turning everybody else against you as well. So it forms a whole agenda and story against you to push you away and isolate you mm. and that's that's what so, she did so, so, so at what point did you realize that you was in that kind of hellhole so i i didn't at all um i was getting overwhelmed and i was i was starting to really run myself down and get to the point where i couldn't cope with with what was going on anymore um and it was a few days before my dad because i'd got to the point where I wasn't at home, I wasn't around my daughter, I was couch surfing from mates to mates houses to try and avoid being around her, um, and I was you know, getting up at 6am in the morning, I wasn't getting back until 11 Day o'clock night. at night, so that I could literally walk in the door, crash on the sofa for a couple of hours and then get out of there. Mm. And it got to the point where I, I couldn't cope anymore. So. My dad had messaged me one day and said, oh, can I come around and see Paige, which is like my eldest daughter. Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Like, what time are you coming around? He was like, oh, I'll be around, you know, sort of half past six-ish. I was like, okay, sound. So I got back to the house at about quarter past, 20 past six. And I knew he was coming. So I'd left the front door open, walked into the house, and she'd put her kids and then mine and her daughter, Paige, up to bed already. And um, I was like, oh, what are you doing? Like, my dad's coming around to see Paige. Like, I'm going to go and get her. And she started teeing off at me in the kitchen, screaming and shouting, launching stuff at me, calling me every name under the sun, typical stuff. And I was stood, so if you imagine there was a wall here, I was stood here with my back to the doorway and she was stood opposite me. And I'd heard my dad come in the door and walk over her across. So he was stood behind me and he just stopped for a minute and listened. And um, she kept going, kept going, kept going. And then he walked into the doorway and was like, uh, what on earth is going on here in more sort of uh, yeah, vicious yeah, wording. Yeah. Um, and she straight away, quick as anything, turned around and went, oh, oh uh, hello, Lee, you right? How you doing? And he oh. was like, no, 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 no. Like, I've heard everything. Oh, your dad's, yeah. 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 Were they seeing signs so, of that as well? Like, Well, no, so like me and my mum had fallen out because she'd sort of put all this lie and all this agenda across to my mum. So it was only sort of my dad and then like my nan I was still talking to. And they were the only ones that were believing what I was saying to them was going on. Good old mum's um, picking the right side, eh? <laughs> <laughs> so she, she'd she just been pushed a complete agenda. And when, when she did find out the truth, she she 
even now she never forgives herself on it I'm like mum yeah, I understand no, why I you know the lies were so deep no, you need like, to use it to your advantage now yeah oh it's got to be done it? babysitting duties called in on a regular exactly um but yeah, he and he he turned around and said, you know, you're not doing this anymore, Shannon. Like you, oh sorry, enough's enough. Do not name drop there. <laughs> you're not doing this anymore. Um, you need to you need to go. Like plain and simple, enough's enough. So kicked her out basically and said, right, you've got to go. Um, and a few weeks later, she moved out and with the kids. With the kids, yeah. and we sort of agreed at the time that right, okay, it'd be fifty fifty. So. You know, I'd pick my daughter up on a Friday at four o'clock, say, and I'd drop her back on a Sunday sort of thing. Um, the first weekend I had her, picked her up. Grief. Got through to the Saturday morning and my phone's just bombarded with messages. Bring my daughter back, bring my daughter back. Wait, You're not on the birth certificate. I haven't given you permission to have her. I'm going to ring the police. I'm going to say you've abducted her, all this, that and the other. For just no and, reason? Yeah, no reason at all. And I had no choice. I wasn't on the birth certificate. I had no parental rights. So I had to drop my daughter back. And dropped my daughter back, and it, the manipulation just got even worse. And it got sort of a week down the line, and I was at the point where I just could not cope anymore. So I rang my nan up on a Tuesday night, and I was like, "Look, I can't deal with this anymore, nan. Like, I've packed a bag, I've gone and bought a car. Like, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm driving off. Like, I need to go and find a new start and make a new life somewhere because wow. I can't cope with this." And um, my nan was like, no, 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 like, don't do it. You know, we'll, we'll get through this and all the rest of it. And I was like, look, I, I can't cope anymore. Nobody believes me. Nobody understands what's going on fully. Like, I've got to get away from this. Um, and she was like, well, look, you know, just promise me that you'll ring me to let me know you're all right. And I was like, yeah, well, like, I'll get another phone. I'll ring you to let you know that I'm all right, where I'm sort of roughly am, where I'm going, what I'm doing. Did, did you actually have a plan? Or yeah, oh, yeah. Like, did I had you? a car packed ready to go. Like, where, where were you going? I didn't know where I was oh, going. Oh, really? But I was just going to get in the car and drive. Yeah, like, is that yeah, how deep it was? Yeah, literally. I, it was. I just needed to get away from it all. I couldn't space, cope with mate. everything that was going on. Mm, and um, so I had a course the next day. And for the respect to the guy that had booked me on the course, I was like, right, I'm going to go and do the course. I'll get that done, and then I'm getting in the car and I'm going. So when did, did you course, not tell mum and dad this as well? No. Nah, nah, no, you just, you did, just told your nan. Just told my nan, that was it. Yeah, she yeah. was anyone that knew. And um, went and did a course, and halfway through the course, my phone is buzzing and buzzing and buzzing, and I'm like, who on earth is ringing my phone off like this? Mm. So I've looked at my phone, and lo and behold, it was my um, my eldest daughter's granddad's, like not my dad's, her mum's dad. And um answered the phone, and he's like, do you know where Paige's mum is? And I was like, no, why? And he's like, she's not answering the phone she's moving into one of your mates houses today and I was like no she's not like what's what's going on here and he was like yeah you know like you know she's shown me a tenancy agreement you know she's shown me this that and the other she's had a load of money off of me so that she what? could pay for like the month's rent deposit and all the rest of it now she's so moving she in with your mate removals in and um can't be no no she disappeared she deleted her social media she switched her phone off and she went to try and start a new life up north and just abandoned her kids. So I ended up round, um, and this was April of 2021. So I ended up round uh, my my um, daughter's grandparents' house with the police. Um, and the police gave my daughter over to, to me there and then and said, like, look, you know, don't know what's going on, but you're a dad. Like, we've got no concerns over you. There we go. And wow. It was such a bizarre feeling because from that point onwards, 
everything started to come to light as to what I'd actually been going on and what I'd been going through. That light switch. And I, I rang my mum up and I said, like, look, you know, I'm I'm on my way to yours. I've got Paige. And she was like, what do you mean I've got Paige? I was like, look, you know, this is what's happened. Police have been here. Like, I've got Paige. I'm coming back. And she was like, okay, all right, fine. So I turned up at my mum's and like all my family were there. And I remember walking in the door and just handing my daughter to, to my mum and saying, I, I need a minute, I need a minute, yeah. and just bursting into tears. And my, my cousin was like, gave me a hug and was like, well, what are you crying about? And I was like, this is just overwhelming. overwhelming. too much, mate. Everybody sees the truth now for what it is. Like, you know, everything's coming to light. Finally, people see I'm not just going crazy. Like, mm. this is actually what's been going on. Yeah. Um, and that sort of began... The, the start of what was then an 18-month court case and £20,000 worth of uh, solicitors and barristers and all the rest of it to fight oh. to get myself on the birth certificate and then to get custody of my daughter. Did you uh, never hear Did you never hear from So she, she turned up about, about two, three weeks later and messaged and said, oh, I'm coming to pick Paige up. And I was like, no, <laughs> that's not happening. No way. Um, and by that point, we'd, we'd already started court proceedings and all the rest of it. So... Um, and my solicitor was like, look, you know, you're fully within the rights to have your kid. You can offer her a contact, which I did, um, and just say, like, it's got to be in a safe environment because at the minute nobody knows what she's doing, why she ran away, you know, what mental state she's in and all the rest of it. So we tried to set up contact. She never turned up, wasn't interested, um, and then got around to Christmas of 2021 and just text and said, oh, I'm not interested, have her. And, and that wow. was it. Wow. My nice. daughter's not seen her since then at all. Um, but... When I when I started all the legal proceedings and that, I had to sit there in with my solicitor and give my story and all my evidence and all my screenshots and all the rest of it. And she sat down there with me and said, you know, Sam, I'm, I'm going to recommend you go and speak to, like, you know, a coach, a therapist, a counsellor, something like that. And I was like, I don't need to do that. Like, is, you know, yeah. I'm over it. I had a cry. I'm, I'm happy now. I'll crack yeah, on. Yeah. And, and she was like, no, no, no. Like, seriously, and this is you know, to answer in the long and short your question, this is when I realised I was actually a victim of domestic abuse. Wow. She said, you don't realise what you've been through. Like, mm. if this shoe was on the other foot, like, it would have been exactly the same. And you were a female, like, mm. your other half would have been in prison by now. They'd have been locked yeah, up. They'd have been arrested. Harsher. You've not been believed. And I hadn't been. The police didn't believe me. Kafkas didn't believe me. You know, your own mum didn't believe you. Even yeah, like, yeah. And That's the thing, and the thing really is, like, you, you, in in today's society, even ten years ago, five years ago, whatever it is, for a male to be a victim of domestic abuse oh, it's, it's is is unheard of, of generally, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. and most people would assume what you're talking about. You know. And do you know what? Coming to terms with saying that, you know, I'm a bloke and I've, I've been a victim of domestic abuse. It was it was horrid. Mm. like it was something I felt so emasculated to say mm. and then I was sitting there and I was like what, why am I feeling like this mm. I was like, I'm only feeling like this because people are telling me this is how I should feel mm. at the end of the day I am a victim mm. you know I haven't got a victim mind mindset I'm not letting mm. it be my story and be me but it is part of my story yeah. it's what has made me into who I am today yeah. and why shouldn't I talk about it yeah, and yeah. then that was the point there with the solicitor when she turned around and said that and for days afterwards, I was like, no, no, can't do that. So, oh, yeah. so when she was being abusive, you it sounds like you just generally tolerated. Was there no point in time where you were just like, I've had, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like, give it, give as good as I can get, or I'm, you just, I'm, I'm too big of a softy. Yeah, you yeah, know, I, yeah, I, I hear that. It's, 
I've not got a bad bone in my body like that, and I could never bring myself to do anything so to retaliate. Took and I took, and took. yeah, yeah. And and gradually, it was happening gradually, wasn't it? So yeah, never it just it just ramped up worse and worse. The mm. longer it went on, the more she realised she couldn't get to me with the smaller things. The more intense and the more worse it got. Yeah, and and the lies and the manipulation. Oh, we could do a whole podcast episode on the lies and the manipulation and the stories that she fed. You know, even to get to the point where. So I, I skipped over a massive part of the story, but to get to the point where she'd moved into my house was only because she'd faked an entire story about that she was getting moved into another property because she'd outgrown the, the flat that she was in. And it came to the moving day and I said, you know, I'll support my daughter, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll sort of removals firm out for you so they can get you moved. That's my sort of contribution to helping you move, you know, because you're the one that's putting a roof over my daughter's head. And... um pulled over the house that she was supposed to move into and someone else living there and and I was like well, what's going on what's going on and she was like oh no, no I've got confused it's another property and then took us on a two hour goose chase which eventually ended up with her saying oh the house has been broken into all the doors are hanging off all the wiring's been ripped out and the landlord's saying we can't move in like Mental. that Looking back, I should have been looking at that then going, whoa, what's going yeah. on here? Alarm this is bells. a massive red flag. But when you're so emotionally invested in, right, I've got to do what's best for my kid here. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. you just get blindsided by it all. Yeah. It's, it's mental. You don't see it. No. And you, you think and you're doing the right thing. And actually all you're doing is, is digging yourself into a deeper and deeper hole. Mm. So, so so you went to like the counselling, the therapy, and um, how, did, how did you... So I, I point blankly refused counselling and therapy. And in the end, they they directed me towards a, a life coach, a guy called Tom Nash. Um, absolutely fantastic guy. And it was because his whole approach was, this isn't counselling, this isn't therapy. This is just time for you to rant, for you to talk, for you to cry, for you to shout and scream, do whatever you want to do. This is time for you to get this off your chest and then to learn to deal with it, not to compartmentalise it and to put it away. Suppress it. Suppress or, it. Yeah. And then, yeah, one night when you beard up out with your mates... It comes out yeah, and a different way. you take it out on somebody else. This is time for you to deal with this mm. and to accept what's gone on, to overcome what's gone on, to make it, make you into a better person. So that's what I did. And, you know, I was so grateful for doing it. Mm. Um, and that's what then led on to, like, the Bearded Coach stuff and some of like, my own podcasts and bits like that as well. You know, just nice. sort of promo myself on yours here. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, good, mate. It's yeah. good, you see. It's that's what we're here for. And, and then, reason, isn't it? you know, led me to, to meeting, you know, likes yourself and Ollie and, you know, people like that and, and talking about my story, talking about what went on because, you know, we've, we've, we've chatted about it before we started, but there's such a stigma around men's mental health and that you can't struggle and you can't, you know, have your issues and deal with things and it doesn't make you a man. That I was like, nah, I'm putting my story out there. I'm, yeah, about as manly yeah, looking as you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's yeah. like a Viking, a but, yeah, yeah. you know. No, that takes balls, mate. Yeah. I, I, uh, I commend that. That's good. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 that's that's the thing. I think um, you know you should. You, you need to own own these things in life. The more you pretend they're not there, the bigger they essentially oh, are. One hundred percent. You know, and it, every single stage of life, that that fact is true. Nobody's perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. You know, everybody fucks up. Mm. Um, own it, own it. So you can do something yeah. about it. Learn from it, yeah. grow with it, you mm. know, and as long as you don't make that same mistake again, then, yeah. you know, mm. we're all human beings. So what would you say to someone maybe going through this kind of situation now or something similar? Talk about it, open up, seek the right help. 
there's plenty of stuff out there for men. You know, there's so many charities out there now. There's so many people that are talking about men's mental health. There's so much support out there. Um, there's people like Action for Dads and stuff like that that are based around dads fighting for their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, is that what you um, ended up getting in touch with? No, I, I, I just ended up with um, with my solicitor and my barrister and spending a whole host of money. But I was in a fortunate position where I had that financial support, ability yeah. to be able to do that. There's a lot of blokes out there who aren't in that position yeah. and sit there and stress and think, oh my God, what do I do? You know, who do I turn to and all the rest of it. So and the, these support groups and, you know, even down to getting something like a life coach or a business coach or, you know, therapist or anything having somebody to turn to and to seek that advice from when you're in such a a clouded mindset yeah having somebody that can provide you a bit of clarity is such a key thing Mm -hmm. because the last thing you want to do is go off on a tangent where you've lost your temper and you know she's said something that's triggered you that just plays into the agenda that they're pushing it's the game yeah it's the game bro you need to remain that that clarity and focus on what's important, and that's that's your kids at the end of the day. That's what you're aiming for. It's that's a what you're fighting picture, for, isn't it? Yeah. So that's what you have got to remain focused on. Mm. That's that's the important bit. So that's that's so, 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 so how old is she now? You. So she's literally just had her third birthday. No. Oh. Um, so that was uh, last week. Oh, um, she had her third birthday. birthday. <laughs> It's scary. She's growing up far too quickly. Yeah, they don't stay young uh, babies long, do they? I not, heard not at all, <laughs> not at all. And do you know what? Even even for her is why I'm doing stuff like this. You know, I've as much like my partner Leah is absolutely amazing. She treats her like her own. But I've always said I'll never hide the truth from my daughter. Mm. As soon as she's of an age where she asks questions, I'll tell her the truth. Mm. And you know, coming on with you guys, you know, and talking about my story and pushing out and other sort of methods and, and outlets as well. Mm. It's all there so that she can look back on it and, and you know, See understand what, what went on yeah, in a more sort of easier way rather than just sitting there and listening to me. She is listening to me, but it's across lots of different outlets. You know, yeah. she's seeing what I'm wanting to do and what I'm trying to do. And it, it hopefully it's just going to create that bit more understanding for her so she doesn't grow up confused as to what happened. Mm. So, yeah, yeah it'll, be, it'll be something that she'll have to work on processing herself right I think you know we all go through different hardships ourselves in our lives and that's kind of her path to walk down now where she'll have to kind of grow through it herself oh massively and, and I, th- I think a lot of the time these hardships although they're a part of who you are they don't necessarily define you in no, its entirety so. so you get to still be whoever you want to be and the fundamental part is that it doesn't end up consuming you exactly that yeah, and that's the key thing and that's that's why talking about it and being open about it is so important if you don't and you bottle it up and you let it consume you it, it creates you yeah yeah if you don't and you you're open about it and you talk about it yeah it forms part of your journey but that is as far as it goes it mm. doesn't stop you defining who you are you know and with her she, she's going to grow up with abandonment issues i mean you know, it's supposed to be that the one person that's always there is always constant and is always reliable in your life is your mum. Yes. You know, and don't get me wrong, that leaves onto a whole other agenda of, you know, a very female-based upbringing of, you know, the woman stays at home and that whole sort of agenda. But that is the way we're taught as society. Your mum is always there. Your mum is always constant. She's always there to support you. They they say um, mother in the eyes of the child means God. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so, so I do get that. And, and uh, there's the old saying as well, when you marry a woman, you marry a mum. You know, because <laughs> girls are never supposed to split away from their mum. 
being a young girl and, and all of a sudden realising, well, my mum abandoned me, my mum left me, what happened there? What went on? Yeah, why? You know, and I, I've always very much been the, the thing that I will tell my daughter what went on, but I also won't push my own agenda onto my daughter. My daughter will be told, you know, mummy went because she was ill. And that's the plain and simple of it. Yeah, yeah for enough. her to be in the situation that she was and to do what she did, you're not of a sound mind. No, you know, there's right. something going on upstairs that's causing you to make those decisions, that's causing you to act those ways. Absolutely, bro. So the, the the problem that you've got is is unfortunately in life not everybody works on themselves. No, exactly. They, they just accept themselves for who they are, and they don't evolve, they don't grow, they don't and that can be quite toxic because as the world is changing, if you don't change with it, you generally get left behind. Oh, 100%. Mm. You know, we, we've had conversations before about it, about me and you as characters that we are, mm. that you always try to help build people up. And the unfortunate fact is there's a lot of people in this world that don't want to change. They don't want to build. No, they don't want to progress. Yeah, and they what they're trying it, yeah. to do is essentially bring people down yeah. to their to their world because it's comfort. It's yeah. that this is, I'm happy staying here. So what my ultimate aim is, is to, bring as many people around me as possible yeah. to reinforce what I'm doing is 100% the right thing. No, exactly. So, so, so while some people in life are trying to pull people up, other people are saying, no, come over to my happy place. That might not be fit for purpose, even for yourself, Yeah. let alone for someone else. Oh, and there's so many that do it, you know, so many times. Put my, like the dad cap aside for a minute, you know, just in business, being a young businessman that's trying to do something, that's trying to develop my life, trying to better my future, my kids' future, my family's future. So many times, people, you're wrong. What are you doing? You know, you're not doing this enough. You're not doing that enough. You're not in the pub enough. You're not with your friends enough. Mm. You know, you're doing wrong. So yeah. many opinions. Yeah, everybody's, everybody's, it's like they're saying it, opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one. Do you know what? I think the other thing is, is that, you have to not look for validation from other people. You've got to validate yourself oh, 100%. And, and, and keep reminding yourself what's actually important to you because that leads to your ultimate happiness anyway. The yeah. more you keep doing what everyone else says, the more you're living in what their world, but that yeah. doesn't resonate with what your ultimate agenda is, let's say. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, it's something that I, I've always been a person that's looked for validation from other people i've always been terrible for it. a lot of us and a lot of us have i think growing up same bro. Yeah, yeah yeah and the last few years i've really had to sort of give myself a hard lesson of you're never going to please everybody sam so please the ones that it's important to you know my kids my parents you know grandparents Priorities. my brother like my partner like make sure that you, you're doing the right things for the right people anybody that else matters. that doesn't want the best for you is going to just hold you back and mm. you know you're not going to please them you're not going to make them happy mm. even the business side of things you're never going to make every customer 100 percent happy 100 percent. and i've had to do it to the point where i'm like right i know my team have gone in there they've done the best job they can they've exceeded what they should have done the expectations yeah regardless of whether that client is happy or not they've gone over and above they've done the job you know, it's to a but, but, 110% level. Yeah. That is it. And then and then generally what this is around is that the uh, customers or people in general have their own agenda. Yeah. Can I get money out of off this job? Can, like if I play a game big enough, I can get something out of this beyond oh, exactly what that. was actually agreed originally. And that's really hard to kind of navigate. Yeah. Because ultimately... They've got they've in the back of their mind. They're just looking about what else they can get in addition to what they've already been given. Exactly that. 
Exactly yeah. that. People are always out for their own demise at the mm. end of the day. Not everybody's like that, but there's a lot of people in the world that are. And if they can mesh you about and pull you down to get to what they want to achieve, then they'll that's what it. they'll do. And uh, so, so what, have, have you had any kind of specific moments in business that where people have played this agenda against you where you're doing a job for them and then all of a sudden it gets twisted and... I knew you were going to drop this one. Yeah, so I went bankrupt in 2018. Um, lost my business at the time. Um, lost absolutely everything, which wow, again bro. leads into the mental health story. Um, but at the time, that was all for the company that I'd, I'd been subbing into his own agenda. You know, I, I'm not going to name drop and, and all the rest of it, but it had been a, a huge contract absolutely massive and at the time I was I was a lot younger I was a lot more naive and I didn't see the red flags again you know it's great in hindsight looking back and understanding things but again that comes back to the lessons um, but they dragged me along dragged me along dragged me along they'd started losing money because the project had been delayed due to something out of everybody's control um, and as soon as that project started costing them money they sat there and thought oh what can we do oh well we're sting the little man yeah. And they, they dragged it out to a point where they knew I was financially ruined unless they paid me that invoice there and then. And then turned around and went, yep, see us at court then. What? We know you can't afford to take us there, so off you pop. And that was it. It folded the company. Oh, wow. You know, people are very agenda-driven. You know, they, they, they especially in business, there's, there's no morals. There's no friends. No. You know, and if it, it's not always the case, but... A lot of times and i've learned that the lot the hard way and the expensive way um and if if somebody can screw you over to to profit themselves then they'll you do know, it that's so how did you do. deal with it how did you uh how did it make you feel when at, at the time when yeah. it when it went under so that that was my first sort of stint in into the building game okay. um and at the time when it went under and the business folded i was like never again not going into building again absolutely Stress. hate it it's awful. It's How long were you in it up to then? Sorry. So I'd been in building at that point about three and a half, four years. Okay, so um, time invested. Started out with absolutely zero building knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, built a company up that was turned over like one point five million at the time wow. in the space of about eighteen months. Um, really and truly, like looking back on it, was sprinting before I could even crawl. Okay. Um, but. You know, that's how real growth. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. How like, yeah. You've got to push the. If you don't take it, the risks, yeah. you don't get the rewards. No, it's true. And um, I think one thing that I learned quite earlier on doing business: diversify yourself. Yeah. Never put your, all your eggs in one basket. No. George speaks about it, doesn't he? He says the thirty percent rule. And oh. if a client starts getting more than thirty percent of your total income, then you need to get another client. Don't don't, don't tell anyone this. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get, get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it, it's true. And and looking back on that now, you know, just with that key piece of knowledge, I'd never put the like all my eggs into mm. the basket that I did with that one company. They they had me over an absolute barrel. You know, down to you know valuations, payment terms, absolutely everything. Scam. I had no control whatsoever. And um, the day that we eventually pulled off the contracts and walked away. The, the directors turned up and they said, yeah, good luck. We'll see you in court. We know you're out of money. We know you've got enough money to pay the boys and then that's it. And, and do you know what? Actually, that's also like the reverse of what sometimes happens even in the corporate world is say if a employee puts a claim against the company, depending on the case, their case, 
they'll either pay that person off because yeah. it wouldn't end up being worth the money it would take to go to court. Oh wow! So and that, and, and I used to I used to see it when we was in the corporate company. There'd be all these like legal legal things happening, and um, yeah, and and you knew people had an agenda, but ultimately yeah. it goes back to this: what can I get out of the situation? Especially if there's like an grievance going on or employee issues and stuff like that oh yeah 100 percent. in the end of the day with my situation the company went from you know having lost at the time probably about 40 grand so all of a sudden they weren't paying a 200 grand bill but the work had been done yeah so they quids in yeah they're happy you know and so yeah that that stopped me uh first sort of stint in building and then from there i was like no never again not doing it don't want to be a builder hate it Mm. it's a shit industry Mm. don't want to be in it so I um, I was a bit down in the dumps and feeling sorry for myself. I was yeah. like, oh, what am I going to do? Don't know what's going to happen. Um, my mate sort of was like, no, nah, come on, get up. We're going to do this contract. And at the time, I had my door supervisor license, so like my security badge. Nice. And he was like, yeah, we're going to do this this event down in London. Um, so I was like, all right, sweet. All right, give it a go, see what it's like. So did the, the first sort of installment of the event there um, and then was approached by the director of the company, um, he said, look, you know, I've seen the way you handle things. I've seen how you are as a person. I want you to come on as my um, one of my supervisors. So started going on with him um, and then quickly grew my way through the business there and ended up being his like third in command, basically. Um, oh, man. And I'm, again, I can't name names because I'm sure you'll want some stories and that from it. But the event we were running in London every year, seasonal event, absolutely huge, millions of people through the door and we were running teams of, you know, sort of 120 staff up to hundreds of staff every sort of day. And it was insane, Mm. but it gave me so much more of an understanding of people, um, which was really interesting. It shows a lot of the darker side of people, Mm -hmm. but it also showed the the good side as well. And then how to manage people, how people worked, you know, how they developed. Psychological side of things. It was insane. You probably heard it a couple of times, but when, when, um, people say, oh, crowds of water. And, and you sit there and think, well, what's, what's that mean? Yeah. Crowds will literally move like water. The path of least resistance, the path that's most open is where they'll go. Flow. Where they'll push, where they'll flow to. Mm-hmm. And it, it works, you know, 100%. We had a massive situation kick off and it, it could have gone south very, very easily. And that saying pops into my head, people are like water, they flow, they move. I was like, right, okay, let's open up that area, let's close off that area, let's, you know, shut that area off. Yeah. And it just flowed. And within 20 minutes, a situation that was like going to put people's lives at risk was dealt with. And I was sat there like, how have I just managed to do that? Because everyone just wants an easy life, didn't they? What's going on there? It it was was insane. Yeah, there's a little little quote for you. (laughs) (laughs) But it it does. It gave me a, a good understanding of how people work in general. You know, you offer somebody a path of leaf resistance in in life, in business and anything, they'll take it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, they will. Um, so yeah, I was in security then for, for loads of years and then eventually got approached by a builder I used to work with back in the day and he was like, look, you know, will you come on? Can you start doing my sales and my management side of things? Start project done? management. Um, so no, no, this was this was a company called a and Sons. Okay. Um, so started working for him, um, doing a few bits and pieces for him. Um, helped him with some really big contracts and that we built a couple of multi-million pound houses um and then sort of was like look you know i'm really i'm going to sort of drop off on my own now i'm going to start doing my own thing again started going off 
was doing some general bits of like landscaping and bits like that and then was approached by Dean who said look you know me and Dean at this point had been friends about 12 years um, and he'd asked me when my first company went under he was like look you know I want to do a partnership with you I want to work with you you know we can make this work we can build this up um, and I said to him look I'm, I'm ready I don't want to jump back into it um, but yeah when I went back out on my own Dean was like look is the time right are you ready and I was like yeah right, let's do nice. it let's give it a go Surprising so, you even came back from it, to be fair. Oh, oh, massively. When you get s stung like that hard in the end, you you think to yourself, nah, do you know what? This ain't for me, this game. But Yeah, no. Like, but your family was... Um, my granddad always instilled in me, you know, you, you take your losses, you, you stick them in your shoulder and you carry on again, you know. Nice, nice. He made plenty of losses in business, but as long as you learn from that loss, then it's not a loss. It's, no, it's an it's expensive lesson. lesson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. You know, and... That's that's the way I've taken it, and it's my previous lessons have, have formed the way that I've structured the, the company a lot more now. They've formed how me and Dean work a lot more, um, and our relationship and how we structure things and like the transparency between us. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's so many people out there that give you horror stories about partnerships. Um, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I was thinking about. To yeah. be fair, you, and you get on really well, do you? Me, me and Dean get along like house on fire. You know, we, we do get along really well, but we're also very, very transparent with each other. You know, if anybody's got any doubts about anything at all, we'll raise it with each other straight away. You know, we're constantly communicating with each other. Mm, that's and that's such a key thing because, you know, you start having any doubts over who you're working with, then straight away that, that trust and that relationship's gone. Yeah, it's eradicated, doesn't it? And at that point, it's just a slippery slope downhill. Mm -hmm. um, and that's one thing we've said. You know, if there is ever any doubt over anything that the other person's done, we'll just sit down, we'll discuss it, and we'll, we'll whether we disagree or agree with what the other person has done, that's the decision that's been made. Support it. Yeah. You know, talk it out. And it's important. Yeah, you form your, like as a team between the two of you, or three, or however many's involved in that partnership, and you work together on it. Um, and yeah, you know, Harpenden Builders has just grown and grown from there. And you know, the projects we've got lined up, the things we've got down the pipeline that we're we're going to be doing, it's just colossal. That nice. Well, I'm going to be nearing him one day, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nearly at the level of George. A few years down the line. <laughs> yeah, God willing. Anyway, and so so um, you started the bearded coach. Yes. Tell us about the bearded coach. So the bearded coach leads back to my my mental health journey and everything else so um after i'd won the court case and one custody daughter i was like right i want a platform where i can put out positivity i can let men know it's okay to not be okay it's okay to have mental health struggles um and also somewhere where i can talk openly about you know the court case and about how i reached like custody of my daughter and the steps i had to jump through and the hoops i had to go through you know the money that i had to spend because it's such a gray area nobody knows like you can't predict how much something's going to cost when it comes to a court case but um, how much did it cost out of curiosity it was just under 20 grand was it yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a huge amount of money but it's an investment in my daughter 100 yeah. Um, yeah yeah worth every penny oh 100 percent I never want so to do you, it you again, to, but yeah. I would do it over again if I if I had to sort of thing. But there, there's nothing out there. And when I was out looking, you know, because you do, when you're sitting there and you're going through a legal battle, you know, you're trying to do something, 
the internet's about you it's sit like there rabbit hole, scrolling like, and so oh, much information there's, yeah there's too much and and there is you just get bombarded and swamped with with all this information that's out there and you you see 100 forms and your kafkas and your section sevens and all this sort of stuff and you're like what on earth is all this it's just numbers and letters like mm. where am i going with all of this it's where you've got to let the solicitors just take care yeah. of it just pump the money into it and but even with that you can end up spending so much money for no reason I, I, I was paranoid as anything when i was going through the hill this with my daughter i was like right am i doing the right thing you know i asked like trying to validate myself am i a good enough father is this the right thing for my kid you know what do i need to do to be a better dad and I'd end up ringing my solicitor up, saying, right, do, you know, do I need to be doing this course? Do I need to be doing that course? And my solicitor would answer, don't get me wrong, but every time I pick that phone up, 250 quid. Yeah. 250 quid. Oh, 250 quid. Wow. I'd probably answer the phone for 250 quid yeah. as well, to be fair. <laughs> exactly yeah, exactly that. And you do, you, you end up just <laughs> rambling away to your solicitor for ages on stuff you don't actually need to. Okay. So I was like, right, what can I do? How can I put something out there? How can I put a platform that's going to help dads and show dads, you know, sort of routes you could take and all the rest of it. And the, the bearded coach is still very much in development as to where I want it to be as an end sort of goal. Um, but it started off based yeah. on what happened to you. Yeah, and really you, good, mate. And, and it, it's sort of a four stage process to the bearded coach. And we're in stage one at the minute. And stage one, which goes in parallel then with, with my book, is about, you know, coming to terms with your own battles and understanding your own battles and then bettering yourself from that getting yourself in the right mindset to be able to level up okay um which forms into the, the bearded journal and all the rest of it um so that was what originally inspired me to start that i've been a bit lax on it at the minute but that's where business dad life yeah. has sort of taken over yeah. um and as much as it's something i'm wanting to do i've got to still remember it is a hobby if more than anything you know mm. and my other priorities in life do sort of have to take yeah. forefront. Um, but I've got, I've got huge places where I want to take this and I want to build it in the end to be somewhere where, you know, not, not even just men, but anybody can turn to and, you know, reach out and say they're struggling with something in life and it will have a network of, of various, you know, coaches, professionals, um, therapists, whatever there Counselors is like that we can Epic. like recommend them onto and say right you know there we go there's this person we can connect you up with them they're going to do that this person's going to deal with that side of your problem this person's going to assist you with that one but trying to keep sort of costs down because especially in today's climate you know money is is scarce it's and it's scarce, bro, yeah. it's hard to come by mm. you know um so that that sort of forms what the, the bearded coach is all Mate, about and then i've got a uh, four books that i'll be releasing over the next sort of four years um, so one you've already released so one I've already released which is the Bearded Journal so which is a daily journal so you, you know it sets a routine so one thing as men that we're terribly bad for is having a fixed routine you know getting up in the morning mm -hmm. you know taking a shower brushing your teeth having a breakfast how many times have you rushed out the door and forgotten to eat yeah. you know because you're like oh god I've got all this to do today that to do today you know even down to simple things like get out and make your bed yeah. like, how many times do you not do that because you're in too much of a rush so mm. You know, that's the first sort of stage of the bearded journal. Then it's got about setting your daily affirmations. So, you know, and your daily gratitudes. So saying, right, Love you know, that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. This is what I'm going to achieve from today. That's what I'm going to achieve from today. Oh. I am powerful. I can do this. I can achieve this. You know, I'm worthy of this meeting today. And then your gratitudes of 
you know, even simple things. There's so many things in life that we're so lucky to have Absolutely. that we overlook. You know, London is known as one of the most miserable cities in the world. How often do you get onto the train and somebody smiles at you or says hello? Something yeah. like that is big in today's mm. society. Somebody says, oh, you're right, hello, you're right. Smiles at you. That's, that's a big thing. Be grateful for that. Yeah, yeah. you can make you know, someone's day with a smile, mate. Just walking out, especially after the weather we've been having recently, and the sun's beaming. Mm. Something to be grateful for. People look to be grateful for, you know, huge things, big amounts of money, you know, success, wealth, and all the rest of it. And they forget the little things in life that that you can be happy about, you can be grateful for, because somebody else hasn't got those things. You know, somebody else doesn't get to live the life you live. Mm-hmm. As much as you're looking on social media at all the, you know, the, How amazing everyone the else influencers that are out there. Perspective, that, isn't it? Yeah, exactly that. But people don't know. That's another thing. People no. are unaware of the fact that there's so many things to be grateful for and that it's an actual practice. No, you exactly know, the that. more you're aware of it and the more you can practice it, da- practice it daily, you do start to shift. Oh, one hundred percent. It's scientifically proven. It's in all the spiritual um, texts over the over the years, the centuries. So yeah, gratitude is really important, man. Mm. I love I love Massively. what you're doing there, bro. So Massively. And then up. there's a section in there as well about journaling and and writing down what you've done over the day. You know what you're planning on doing in the morning, and then what you've achieved at the end of that day. Um, but the the sort of final stage of the book of that one was to start to get people to hold themselves more accountable mm-hmm. um, because self-accountability is huge and yeah. self-accountability is going to be what the thing that drives you forward, that makes you successful, that it makes grows. you achieve your goals. So it starts off to begin with. So at the end of week one, there's like an accountability page and you know it, it tracks you and says, right, okay, what have you achieved? How have you been mindset-wise, focus, you know, positivity, mental strength, things like that. How did you start the week? How have you ended the week? Mm. You know, what are you taking forward to the next weeks? And then two weeks further on from that, there's another accountability page and it goes on and on and on. So at the end of the book, you've got like a whole month that you, you've you gone without that check-in page. And as sort of like silly and trivial it seems, it works because you've got something there that's holding you accountable, but before you know it, you're holding yourself accountable. Yeah, it's I, th- I think what it does allow you to do as well is be very conscious about what's going on in your world, yeah. understanding who you are, what you are, why you are, yeah. and then what it allows you to do is see that in its in its entirety, and then then you've got an opportunity to change things. To adjust. To exactly adjust, that. Uh, redefine, grow, whatever that looks like. Exactly that. If everybody's different in life. Everyone's got their own goals and their own achievements. You know, as long as that's what you're wanting to achieve and that you're grateful for it and you're proud of it, mm. then that's all that matters. You know? It's epic, mate. It's epic. So that, that's book number one. So, yeah. so, so tell me about a story. Um, cause I, know, I know you've... Uh, You've started conversing with Dapper Laughs, have you? Yes, I was. I've been chatting with him a little bit. Um, how, did, how did that happen? So I, um, I, uh, oh, I can't think what it's called now. It was when you like mirror one of them. I'm terrible with social media, absolutely terrible. Um, but I mirrored one of his videos and spoke about my context and my sort of opinion on it, and it picked up a fair bit of traction. What, what was he talking about? Can you um, he was talking about dads and like the pressure that you have on being a dad and you know getting up in the morning and feeling like you've not achieved enough for your kids, you're not spending enough time with your kids and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then generally about men and you know how society puts so much pressure on us. You know we're expected to do this, we're expected to be this, we're expected to be understanding. You know the whole thing about masculinity being so downgraded now and downplayed and you're not allowed to be a man and, and all the rest of it. So I 
took that and put my own perspective, my own twist onto it, and it got quite a bit of traction. Nice. Um, and then me and him ended up chatting away and talking from there. <laughs> and you know, he's somebody that watching his growth and his development as a person has been inspirational. But do you, you know, know what? I remember he went through some serious hardships himself. Didn't he get cancelled at one point a long time yeah. ago? Yeah, yeah, he got cancelled. Uh, what was it? ITV was on, wasn't it? That, that he got cancelled and is that, is he did that what his interview was? with them. And, you know, he was somebody that his career took a real sort of spiral and a real like downturn. And he sort of pulled himself together and was like, no, I'm not letting this define me. I'm not letting this be me. And, you know, I, I've booked tickets already for his um, Menace to Sobriety tour. Nice. Because nice. I, I just think he is really, really inspirational in the route that he's taken and the positivity he's putting out there for men's mental health. He's putting his hands up saying, I'm not perfect, I've had my issues, but this is what I'm doing now, you know, and this Keeping is what back. other men can do. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's absolutely killing it right now. Oh, as massively. Well. Like, he's doing really, really well. So, And, and to, to kind of use that platform to spread a positive message as well is, is also like a, a big responsibility to take on because I keep referring to this, that, you know, whenever someone goes through hardships in life, to take on that responsibility then to help other people behind you is, is a big thing. Oh, hugely. And, and you, nobody owes anyone anything in this life, by no. the way, but the sheer fact that they want to give it back because they know the impact and pain they had to go through. Mm. Like, is, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's a yeah beautiful thing. Oh, mm. massively. It's the old saying that everyone's got a book in them. You know, everyone's got a story. Everyone, you can learn from everybody in life. You've just got to want to listen. Mm. Um, and for people wanting to go out there and put their stories out there and, and help others, it's, it's amazing. So, so what, you're going to do a collab with... Uh... Oh, I wish. <laughs> I think that's probably a little yeah, bit off sit, the cards sit, at the sit, minute. See you on stage with him. I've got, I've got <laughs> on his build, next uh, build my following and uh, that <laughs> yeah, first yeah. for that. You never but know. No, you never know he, what He's next. the sort of guy I'd love to be uh, sort of collabing on mm. because I, I just think what he's doing is brilliant. And it's, it's really nice to see, again, somebody that's seen as such a masculine figure a man's man you know he's into his boxing he's into yep. his training and all the rest of it because his issue was um that he oh he's been sober now for quite a while yeah where where before he he obviously drank a lot and has probably done a lot of other things but yeah. he's also so you know he's trying to spread that positive message of essentially you don't need all of these things. No, as, exactly. I think because what generally happens is people might use them as coping mechanisms. It ends up leading into uh, other gateways of other oh, things huge. that, you know, we don't end up wanting to do yeah, or end up regretting as well. well. Whatever trauma you get in life, I, I don't believe you ever fully overcome. You just find a way to cope with Live it. Live with it. You yeah, find with a, it. You, a healthy, well, not mm. necessarily in every case, but certainly in like my case and in a lot of people I know's case, you find a healthy way to cope with it, a healthy way to live with it and to overcome it. Well the you key know? the key is to identify it first yeah. to, to know it's there in it, in its existence. Cause mm. the more you pretend it don't it's not real or it never happened or then the more it just lies dormant in you and then it, I think you mentioned it earlier, it literally just comes out in yeah. in all other ways. There, there's yeah. so many cases that you hear of, you know, people saying, Oh, he was such a nice guy, I don't know why he blew up that day. Boy, he blew up that day because of everything else that he'd been compartmentalising for so long that he'd buried away and had just eaten away at him. And, and when he did blow, he blew. You know, that was mm. what happened. And, you know, you, you talk about men's suicide rates absolutely through the roof. Why are they through the roof? Well, because men don't 
tend to deal with things. They don't tend to talk about things. We compartmentalize, we hide away, put on a brave face, put on a smile, turn to drink, drugs, you know, whatever it is. Mm. And eventually that, that spirals out Catch of control. Yeah. Catches up with yeah. you. Yeah. So, so what's, uh, what's the second book? So the second book is, is part of what the podcast is about. So the second book I wanted to do is a bit of a, a grow up and glow up guide. So it's um, successful story, uh, short stories of successful people. Um, so that's why I've got people like the likes of Luke. Um, I've got um, a guy called Wayne on. Um, I've had uh, I've got a couple of other people, like a sports star that I've got coming on as well. Um, and it's all stories, like the podcast as a general is about challenges they faced, how they've overcome them, and and what they've done since that challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the second book is going to be about that and about the challenges they've gone through, how they've overcome it. But then with some of like the actual science behind it and the psychologically, uh, the psychological side of, of how you can build that sort of mindset to overcome that. Um, so that's the second book. Third book, I'm still sort of working on different ideas and how I want to function that and what the purpose of that I want to be is. And then the fourth book falls into Once I'm 30, um, which is getting ever gradually closer. <laughs> um, the fourth book I want to do is a survival guide um, from teens Campfires, to 30. Um, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm so, not that sort of survival guide. Like a hate... scout survival guide, yeah. but for life and, yeah, and yeah. for men. Um, because, you know, there, there is loads of challenges I've overcome in life. And even my own challenges, I've still been more fortunate than what some others may have been. But there's a lot that people can you know, learn and understand. Mm-hmm. What to do in this moment, in, like, yeah. how to deal. And I think especially with our school system in this country, you you leave school at 16, you know, if you go into college, then you leave school at 18 or whatever it is now. And you're just thrown out into this big wide world with no actual clue as to what to do, where to go, you know, how to manage your money, how to manage your life, you know, what not to do and to do with women, yeah, you know, no what not to do and it? do with drinks, no life no life how to build a career, yeah. like nothing. We're taught so many things of, Is there even, know, I don't even know if they, do they even talk about mental slave, health at schools yet? Uh, I don't even uh, know if that's a thing yet for, nah. no, they, they, they probably don't, do they? I don't think so, mate. I don't know. Maybe, apparently they do over there. In our time they were. No, they definitely weren't in our time. They didn't. At school I had like a mentor Oh yeah, but they generally they generally looked after the the naughty kids uh, a lot yeah, more I'm, than yeah, the special ones. Special <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, because I, I, I actually remember like no with the, the naughty kids, they used to put them all in a class together um, and skip these other because obviously they'd be disruptive to the main classes. But they all got to have fun in these yeah. other classes. Mate, there's kids that. That you you know they're naughty and and teachers get told you know I just let him get away with that it's not worth the headache or his his parents are a bit mad let's let him get away with it I know that firsthand yeah really so like mm. just get, let, get it's easier to just let them do what they want sometimes yeah I've, I I don't I just don't think they um you're hundred percent right like in schools it is all about curriculums it's, yeah it's literally about English math science. It's, a lot of these things aren't helpful in the real real world. I mean, no. you know, to some extent they do help, but not not for a young person who hasn't got a clue what they want to do in yeah, life. There's lessons in biology and stuff, you know, about frogs. I've never used in my life. <laughs> why did I need to know about frogs? Mm-hmm. Why didn't you teach me about mortgage rates? You know, why didn't you teach me about banking and, and 
you know, savings, finances, investments, mm. you know, why don't you teach me about law and things like that. There's so many more valid lessons you could learn as a, as a kid. And I think looking back on my own life, if I could have sat there, at, you know, 18 years old and had a book that was there, you know, a survival guide from 18 to 30 yeah. and sat there and read through it and gone, oh, you know, shit, is this what life is to come? You know, I'd have, I'd have changed a lots of decisions like that I made in life. Mm. I'd have been a lot more adult about certain things. Mature, I'd have started yeah. tucking away money earlier on in life. Yeah, you know, man. I'd have started looking at investments more. So many more different routes I would have taken, mm. um, and and that's why I, I want to do it. I, yeah, that's fantastic. There's not enough out there for when kids leave school to to be able to sit there and go, "This is the real world. This is what you've got coming." You know, prepare, get yourself ready for it. Keep learning. Keep discovering. You know. Keep looking at things. Keep investing in things. Keep saving. Keep bettering yourself. Because kids just don't know what to do when they come out of school nowadays. Yeah. I um, I found as well, I became most liberated from my problems when I started becoming more responsible. Yeah, responsible for myself and responsible for others, because mm-hmm. in it it was overcomplicated for me before that responsibility it was always oh you know i don't feel good and all stuff like this and then all of a sudden when you start actually taking responsibility for your actions accountability that you spoke about your whole mindset shifts and then you're more focused on a more positive outcome than you are on what you don't have what you do have like all of this kind of negative self-talk yeah. you know you're just like determined to to kind of help people help yourself help others and you get your power back isn't it get oh, your- exactly that mm. Exactly. So that's that's sort of like the the final stage of the bearded coach books, um, as to what I want to do because uh, I think it's so valid, and it's it's having the right message put out. You know, yeah. social media is a very dangerous thing, and there's a lot of dangerous characters on social media now that are putting negative perspectives out onto young minds that are very easily manipulated, and they're telling them completely the wrong thing, putting completely unrealistic views and ideologies behind them and it's dangerous you know mm. so having that right positive actual like useful message for for kids that are growing up still and important. discovering and developing mm. i think is so important very yeah. important mate so yeah yeah the, the the thing is you know we we spoke about that earlier about everyone wants to some degree some level of control so you've got all of these different people having different views and opinions and rather than finding an equal ground where everyone can sit everyone's too busy trying to climb on top of each other about no i'm right and i'm right and i'm you know and 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 i think this is the um the issue that there's a misconception that actually what works for you can work for somebody else but it might not work for somebody else and and that's just what it is and and that's why i very much want to label it as you know survival guide self-help guide it's not a story to take. It's not a route to take. Yeah. You've got to discover your own. Mm-hmm. It's some help. It's some assistance. It might answer some questions for you, but you've got to go out there and discover who you are as a person. You've got to plan your own route. You know, set your own goals. Yeah. Goal setting such an important thing. Mm-hmm. See, see, what I like, by the way, is that everybody has a different view and opinion of something, and I'm very open to listening to every single view because what it does is it gives me such a broader view span of then what my my options are yeah to then make my own choice 
because everything we do, we make our own choice. Regardless of if there's a pushing agenda or somebody's trying to influence, we are all responsible and accountable for our own actions. Mm -hmm. Like it's never, I remember that kind of young early phase when I was really young and it was like trying to blame my dad or something like that for something. But as I've got older, I've actually found out that, you know, you can, everything you do, you are fully responsible for. And you've got to deal with that in the, the positive ways and the negative ways, you know, whether it is, whether it is um, you trying to help guide people through this life or or whether you're just trying to suppress people while you grow yourself, you know, there's a consequence to everything. Oh, exactly yeah. that. And the fact that you've got that opinion is, you know, is credit to where you are today. You know, if you, Thank you. If you didn't have that mindset of, yeah, I'm going to, you know, listen, I listen, I listen, I listen. Actually, I'll take a bit of that, take a bit of that. I'm going to form my own opinion on this whole subject. Mm. If you didn't have that mindset, you wouldn't have achieved where you are today and you wouldn't be in the position you are. Well, dad, dad always taught me, you know, take the best from people and, and disperse the bad. Like when you learn from people, don't learn everything. Learn what resonates with you and you think, do you know what, I really like that. Yeah. But they, you know, if they've got these other kind of baggage themselves, don't, don't hold on to it. Don't hold on to it. Don't yeah. inherit them problems as well, because then you've got to go through the same journey, the process. No, exactly. That. That's you, good, man. So know. about having the, the right mindset and the right attitude as well, isn't it? Attitude is everything. Mm. Then you can approach it. There's a saying: if the um, if your attitude's right, the facts don't count. You know, because most facts are just opinions anyway. Exactly. So that. if your attitude's right, you know, you can get through a lot of stuff and what you're doing is amazing mate so thank you very much um, yeah i'll definitely get a few copies of them (laughs) but that do do we have to grow a beard a much bigger beard before (laughs) we qualify (laughs) for uh, the bearded coach no it's it's open to everyone it's open to everyone the the bearded coach stuff was just like the beard side of it was just to fall in with the whole thing of wanting to increase masculinity and make men feel like yes you can be masculine but you can still cry Mm. i'm fucking terrible for it Mm. I'll happily blubber a film. I'm not <laughs> <Yeah>. bothered. <laughs> do, do, do you know, know what? Like, as long as you're happy, yeah, you it doesn't even it doesn't even matter anyway. Like, it's it goes back round to this. Like, your priorities are your family, your people. They're all that exactly. matter. And and as long as they accept you for who you are, then that's all. That's oh, all that counts. They'll rip into me for it. Yeah, really <laughs> soppy shit. What are you doing? But they good love me family. for me. Yeah, you know? good old family members. I am who I am. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. That's the best way to be. And I know um, Sam's got uh, one final question. Yeah, <laughs> so, wants, uh, this is like his uh, signature thing now at the, <laughs> nice the podcast. Nice one, George. Nice one. So what would your <laughs> message be to the world if you had one? My message be to the world? Um, be true to yourself. Be who you are. Understand that you can always grow, you can always achieve. You can always be better as a human being. And just be kind to others, really. Nice. It's nice and simple. Important. Nothing too <laughs> complicated, but very important. I think you do that, and the world's a whole lot better place. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Thank you, Sam. Yeah, thank you for coming on today, no worries, Sam. Gents. Thank you very pre- much for pre- having me. Appreciate it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, oh, me likewise, too. Likewise, mate. You're a legend. So, uh, and we look forward to seeing what happens next. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, there's plenty more to come still. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, guys. Nice one. <laughs>